director hearing of 2024. It's nine o'clock and we are calling to order the planning director hearing of January 10th, 2024. My name is Robert Manford and I'm the hearing officer for today's agenda on behalf of and delegated by the director of planning, building and code enforcement, Mr. Christopher Burton. First meeting is being held via Zoom conference call. Members of the public may participate by following the instructions listed on page two of the agenda. If you would like to provide public comments, you have two methods to do so. First, for participants who joined electronically and have audio input available on their computer or smartphone, they can use the raise hand feature in Zoom during the agenda item that they would like to speak to or click star nine on their phone. Please remember to keep your raise hand feature on until planning support staff identifies your turn to speak. During the meeting, please call 408-535-3505. Again, the phone number is 408-535-3505. Or you can email planning support staff at sanjoseca.gov. Again, the email address is planning support staff, one word at sanjoseca.gov and identify your name that is listed on Zoom, your phone number that you like to call into Zoom with and what item or items that you like to comment on. All members of the public will remain on mute until the individual identifies they would like to speak and they are unmuted. Planning support staff will identify you by name when it's your turn to speak. At that time, you will be unmuted and can provide comment for the allotted period of time. If you exceed your allotted time, you may be muted so we can move on to the next speaker. Please note the following. I will identify each project as described on the agenda. For those items on the consent calendar, I will ask if anyone wishes to speak on them. If a separate discussion is warranted, I will move the item to the public hearing portion of the agenda. If a separate discussion is not needed, the item will remain on the consent calendar for approval. For those items listed under public hearing, I will ask staff to provide a brief report. The applicant or their representative who wishes to speak on the item will have up to five minutes to speak and should identify themselves by stating their name for the record. After the applicant or their representative has spoken, any member of the public who wishes to speak on the item may provide testimony for up to two minutes per speaker, either for or against the project. All members of the public should identify their name for the record, although that is not required. Following comments from the public, the applicant may make additional remarks for up to five minutes. I will then close the public hearing and I may ask staff to answer questions, respond to comments made by the applicant or the public, or further discuss the item. I will then take action on the item. If you challenge these land use decisions in court, you may be limited to raising only those issues you or someone else raised at this public hearing or in written correspondence delivered to the city at or prior to this public hearing. The planning director's actions on the agenda items will be final when the permit is signed and mailed, unless the permit or the environmental clearance determination is appealed. The planning director's actions on the permits are appealable in accordance with the requirements of Title 20 of the city's municipal code, which is the zoning ordinance. The planning director's actions on the environmental review for the permits under the California Environmental Quality Act CEQA are separately appealable in accordance with the requirements of Title 21 of the city's municipal code, which is environmental clearance. Before we begin, I want to remind members of the public to follow our code of conduct for all meetings. This includes commenting on the specific agenda item only. Public speakers will not engage in a conversation with the hearing officer or staff. The hearing officer, staff, and the public are expected to refrain from abusive language. Repeated failure to comply with the code of conduct, which will disturb, disrupt, or impede the orderly conduct of this meeting, may result in removal from the meeting. This meeting of the director hearing will now come to order. So we will start today's meeting with the matter of deferrals. I do not see any items listed under deferral, but I will still go ahead and open the public hearing for deferral. The staff or anyone in the audience wish to speak on the matter of deferral or deferring any item on this agenda. 
Again, the staff or anyone in the audience wish to defer any item listed on today's agenda. Support staff, have you been contacted? No, we have not. Thank you. I'll wait for a few moments. Again, the staff or anyone in the audience wish to speak to the matter of deferrals. I do not see any hands raised over here. So the matter of deferral is now closed. We'll move on to consent calendar items. We do have two items listed under the consent calendar. These are item number 3A, H22-034, T22-033, and ER22-0208. This is a site development permit to demolish two single family houses and an accessory structure and remove 50 trees for the construction of a seven story building with podium parking and up to 140 dwelling units on an approximately 0.98 gross acre site. The project restricts 14 units as affordable to very low income households. And under the state density bonus law, utilizes a 50% density bonus reduced parking ratio and one concession, which is reduction in private open space. The project also includes one development exception to the zoning code, which applies to the bicycle parking location, and three exceptions to the citywide design guidelines, including building setback, ground floor bicycle parking, and plane change for architectural elements. The project also includes a vesting tentative map to merge two parcels into one parcel and allow up to 140 residential condominiums. This is located on the northwest side of East Julian Street at 100 feet southwest of Worcester Avenue, specifically 1271 and 1279 East Julian Street within the city's council district three. Staff recommendation is the adoption of the initial study mitigation, mitigated negative declaration for the 1271 and 1279 East Julian Street multifamily residential project in accordance with CEQA and approval of a site development permit and a vesting tentative map permit. The staff or anyone in the audience wish to speak to this particular item, H22-034, T22-033, and ER22-208. We do have one hand raised. Okay, and I see that person as Rego. Can you unmute them and uh, let's confirm it is this particular project they would like to speak with, speak on. Okay, Rigo, you are unmuted. Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is uh, Rigo Gallardo. I'm a organizer for Carpenters Local 405. Good morning, Rigo. Good morning. So the 1271 East Julian Street project has the potential of being a great project if it does the right thing and hires a proven responsible contractor. Okay, so uh, Rigo, just a quick question. Did you have any particular concern about this? No, I just have a speech. Yes, it's the, the, the project is under consent, but are you supporting the project or you are opposing it for specific reasons? Neither. I, I just want to get my point across that this project has the potential of being a great project. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I, if that is the case, the project will remain under the consent calendar, if that is okay with you. Otherwise, we're going to have to pull it and discuss it. But if you're just saying this is has a potential of being a great project, that is noted and will be included as part of the record. So thank you. Support staff, do you have any other hands rate or anyone who wishes to speak to this particular item? Uh, no, we do not. Okay. Thank you. The next item on the consent calendar is item number 3B, SP23-002 and ER22-290. This is a special use permit to allow an increase in enrollment from 800 to 1,349 students without any changes to existing structure or landscaping at a private school located on an approximately 47 gross acre site at 38 Blackford Avenue, and this is within the Campbell Union, Union High School District, and within council, the city's council district one. Staff recommendation is the consideration of the exemption in accordance with CEQA and approval of a special use permit. Does staff or anyone in the audience wish to speak to this particular item number 3B? 
Hearing officer, this is Cora McNaughton, uh, planning project manager for this request for a special use permit. Uh, three additional conditions have been included in the permit to address concerns about traffic near the campus. And these conditions are uh, number 8E, Roman numeral 1. The operations plan shall be included in the Stratford Student Handbook that is distributed to students and their families at the beginning of each school year. Number 8E, Roman number 2. Uh, the operations plan shall include a prohibition on using private driveways for turning movements and blocking access to and from driveways in the vicinity of the school. And finally, number 8F, Stratford School shall install a sign on the Blackford Avenue frontage with contact information for anyone with questions or concerns about school operations. Thank you. Thank you. And have you discussed this with the project applicants? Yes, I have. And they are in agreement. Okay. Yes, they uh, are. The next question on this uh, for it to remain on the consent, does it change any of the conclusions in the secret of de determination? No, it does not. Thank you. Thanks again, staff. Uh, again, uh, we have two items under consent calendar, three, item number 3A and item number 3B, but with specific uh, regard to item number 3B, do we have anyone in the audience who wishes to speak on it? And I do see Kathy PU. Support staff, can you unmute them and let's confirm whether is this particular item they would like to speak on? Yes, Kathy, go ahead. Oh, it's regarding the uh, the lowest level and the, the also the safety of the traffic. I I think uh, about a year ago. Okay, so Kathy. Thank you very much. Uh, since you have raised the concern regarding noise, I will move this item to the public hearing so uh, so that we can discuss it and staff can respond to your uh, your comments. Okay, Kathy. Suppose staff, do we have any other person or entity in the audience who wishes to speak to this item? And again, we do have, I see Wale and she. Okay, so I'm gonna move this to uh, public hearing. Coming back to consent calendar items, item number 3A is hereby approved. And if Rigo is here, Rigo, I'll recommend you to provide your letter, if you have a letter submitted to staff so that they can include that in, in the record. So I'm gonna move item number 3B to the public hearing so that it can be discussed since concerns have been raised. Uh, the consent calendar items is hereby closed and we'll move on to public hearing. Support staff, can you show the approval of item number 3A, please? And the consent. Thank you. So we'll move on to public hearing. Again, item number 3B has been moved to public hearing. So uh, the project manager, Cora, can you please give a brief report on this? And then we take the comments from the commenting parties. Thank you, hearing officer. Uh, this is Cora McNaughton, again, planning project manager for this request for a special use permit to allow an increase in enrollment from 800 students to 1,349 students at the Stratford Preparatory School, which is a private school located on an approximately 47 gross acre site. Stratford is currently operating under a conditional use permit, file number CP0406, that was granted in 2004 to a private school that previously occupied the site, and that limited the enrollment to 800. Stratford's current enrollment at the site consists of approximately 535 middle and high school students. The subject site is located on the south side of Blackford Avenue between Boynton Avenue and Hibiscus Lane. The site is a former public high school campus, 12 acres of which are occupied by Stratford. The site also houses a small public high school and an adult education center. Surrounding uses include single family houses to the west, multifamily residential to the north, single-family, multifamily, and a church to the east, and single-family and multifamily residential to the south. 
The site has a general plan land use designation of public quasi-public and is in the public quasi-public zoning district, which permits elementary and high school use with a special use permit. The project does not include any physical changes to the Stratford campus, which consists of 14 classroom and administrative buildings, playing fields, and a surface parking lot. The existing buildings are consistent with the height and setback regulations of the PQP zoning district, and the project is consistent with the city's parking requirement. To address the impacts of the increase in enrollment, the project conditions require that the school implement a transportation demand management program and provide monetary contributions towards street improvements on surrounding streets. To comply with the California Environmental Quality Act, a negative declaration has been prepared for the project and is included as part of the permit. The environmental project manager, Kara Hawkins, is in attendance and is available to answer any questions regarding the CEQA process. Therefore, staff recommends that the planning director find that the project is in conformance with the California Environmental Quality Act and approve the special use permit. This concludes staff's presentation. I'm available to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Cora. Cora, I do have a quick question for you. The request here is to consider an exemption, but in your presentation, you indicated that an MND has been prepared. Can you clarify this discrepancy? The CEQA clearance is actually an MND that, uh, sorry, a negative declaration. So that exemption is a typo. My apologies. Okay. So in your request, you are asking the correction to be made from a consideration of a CEQA exemption right. to uh, adoption of an MND. Correct. Uh, sorry, a negative declaration, an ND. ND, a neck deck. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So that is noted and will be included as part of the record. Okay. Is the project applicant uh, present? And if so, do they wish to speak? Yes, Sean Morley is the project applicant's representative. Okay. Suppose so can you please unmute Sean? And Sean will have five minutes to speak. Thank you very much. Sean Morley on behalf of Stratford Schools and the entitlements manager. I also have in the audience, Mark Philpot, who is the vice president of construction and development listed as the applicant in case we need him to participate as well as Afsha Ali uh, from IDIS, the project architect. Um, let me just make a couple of brief comments. We filed the application um, almost 18 months ago, uh, as Cora outlined. Um, we uh, Stratford has leased this public school, which has operated as a school site, both public and private, uh, since the 1960s. The campus was originally designed for up to 1,800 students, um, both uh, the prior tenant, uh, which was a private school, as well as Stratford, have op uh, operated it under the current um, CUP, which only allows for 800 students, we're proposing a modest increase in student capacity to um, 1,349 students. Um, that coupled with the uh, transportation demand management plan uh, and other traffic calming measures that we are required to Im implement through the conditions of the project uh, functionally uh, allow the, the site only to provide trips for about two thirds of the maximum occupancy of the campus. Uh, it is very important for Stratford uh, to be a good neighbor. Um, we did a voluntary outreach both through uh, letters and a virtual community meeting um, in the spring and summer uh, last year, uh, leading up to um, this uh, uh, hearing. Uh, we did receive some feedback um, on a couple of points related to traffic in the area. Um, those were addressed um, both through the traffic study that was conducted by Hexagon um, and through a lot of back and forth with city staff, we agreed to uh, you know, fairly comprehensive traffic calming measures in the area to address the concerns that we, we have had for neighbors. We, uh, Stratford has a very active 
uh, on-site operations plan um, related to traffic for both arrival and departure. Um, we continue to refine that in response to uh, neighbor input at any of our campus, but particularly this one, which does actually allow for um, much wider solutions given the significance of the parking lot in the arrival departure area. Um, Cora uh, read some additional um, conditions that we have agreed to. Uh, to um, address a couple of comments that she had received, which were similar to ones uh, that we had uh, through the community outreach process. Um, I think I'll leave it at that for, at this point. If there are other particular items uh, raised by the community um, or anybody that um, I hope we'll have a chance to provide any clarification and a quick rebuttal. Thank you, Sean, for your comprehensive uh, response to Cora's uh, uh, presentation. So uh, initially there was, uh, there were two people who wanted to speak. So post staff, uh, if you have their names noted, can you please call them so we can hear from them? Uh, Kathy, I believe was the first one. Kathy, go ahead oh, with yes. your comment. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. yes, we can. Yes, we do. Good morning, Kathy. Uh, good morning, Robert. Uh, I remember uh, the traffic is uh, one concern. There's another safety concern that uh, if the school can have a way to monitor the, the near campus uh, behavior. Like I, I have, I've seen three teenagers uh, on the skateboard on the Sunday morning and uh, uh, suddenly they start to argue and fight very violently and loudly, like a thunderstorm. And uh, one boy used a baseball bar and tried to kill the other, so I called the police. So I, I hope that if the, the school can have a way to monitor, uh, like install the, the camera on the school campus and also nearby the, the, the street, we, we have a camera. Because the I reported to the police, and the police asked the, the details and the, my my ring camera couldn't catch the com complete uh, angles. So so if the, the street has a camera on high up can uh, can recall all the details, then I the police don't have to take several hours to ask for each participant. Like they were three boys and the laborers, all the laborers. So the the because the teenager is a very in very active state, the age is very very active. They can have ten friends in in one week, <laughs> many many friends, and they have a lot of activities. So so that that's noise level. They you know they are screaming. They were screaming so loud like a thunderstorm. So I I was so scared. I I called the police. Anyway, uh, because they are in the growing age. The Thank you, Kathy. Your two minutes are up, but we your, your concerns have been noted. And so they will be addressed by staff. Suppose staff, I believe there was another person who had indicated they wanted to speak. Yes. Okay. You are unmuted. Um, okay. You can uh, go ahead you. and make in you. your comment. Yeah. Uh, so let me make it really quick. So first, really appreciate this uh, information. It helps a lot. But uh, I still have some uh, some comments. Number one is that uh, uh, Sean mentioned that there are some kind of investigation and report about the traffic. Uh, it would be good for neighborhood to take a look. I mean, the actual report, right? Uh, second is that uh, Cara mentioned the uh, city of Stratford is looking into uh, some kind of traffic control. So our question is that uh, uh, any uh, any plan uh, for speed limit reduction, uh, enabling the speed bump and uh, make better lighting. I think this kind of actions will help neighborhood a lot. If you look at the current uh, uh, situation in this neighborhood, we already have several schools along Hibiscus, right? So now if we expand uh, Stratford, I think the situation will be even worse. So the neighborhood really want to see the actual uh, a plan in details, right? Uh, last comment we have is that uh, uh, how can we make sure Stratford really implement all the effort they are proposing? Because in the past, we tried to reach out to Stratford 
for some concern, but no response at all. No response at all. So we need some kind of, uh, uh, I would say, commitment. So how can we make sure they really commit all the proposals they're having? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Xi. So, Prostav, do we have any other commenting parties who wish to speak? No, we do not. Okay. At this point, I will close the public hearing and ask staff or the applicants to respond to some of the concerns that have been raised. And I can summarize them as traffic and safety, noise, uh, and crowd control, basically security. I will start with staff. Thank you. Um, so in regard to traffic calming, public, um, public works um, has required that the applicant commit um, uh, a contribution of about $30,000 to um, traffic calming measures in the area. Those are not specified in the permit, but they will likely include things like speed bumps. Um, in I don't know about a speed limit reduction that may be um, in consideration, but as I said, those are not spelled out. Um, in regard to um, making sure that the applicant commits to uh, implementing the measures that are in the conditions, um, essentially the, this is a special use permit and um, any any violation of those conditions may result in review by the planning di planning division once again of that permit, um, and that can lead to um, you know new conditions or or other um, actions taken. Um, and then finally, I just wanted to um, hand it over to Sean to discuss issues of security. We have not included any specific conditions regarding that. As as mentioned, this school has been operating um, for quite sometime now, uh, decades. Um, and so I'd just like to get his feedback on whether a camera is necessary, feasible, etc. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you Cora. And before we go to Sean, uh, I just want to, uh, I would like staff to make a clarification here. Public Works has reviewed this and included traffic calming measures, but you indicated that they were not included as part of the conditions of approval. Uh, do we have anybody from Public Works here? And if so, can they summarize what the traffic We've, calming measures are? William, William Tiav is here from Public Works. William, can you speak to that? Uh, Raysador as well from Public Works is here. Um, and William is not on the panel, so I could be speaking. Please go ahead. Uh, so on the matter of the traffic calming measures, they, they were not specified uh, given um, this project. And unfortunately, we don't have a, a traffic team here. Uh, so uh, I wanted to get a clarification on if it is a specific items that we'd like to discuss on what, what would need to be conditioned for traffic calming measures. So currently, the 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 condition states that the applicant will be required to contribute to um, uh, implementing traffic calming measures in the surrounding streets, but it does not specify what those measures are. <clears throat> and okay, actually, so if I could just clarify everybody, um, Sean Morley, on behalf of the applicant, just res with respect to the traffic comments so we can get level set, um, while there are a number of cost items in addition to the 30,000 um, for multimodal improvements as well as traffic calming, the costs are actually reflective of work that is identified in the traffic study that we are required to pay for. So the city can actually make changes, which do include um, uh, some speed control items um, along Blackford as well as striping to narrow streets. Um, to help reduce speed, all those related not necessarily to our project, um, but for the area in general. And we're happy to make those contributions. And I just wanted to acknowledge that while they're not specified in the condition, they are dollar figures. They are actually required for the project because they are tied in through the traffic study. Um, and those were specifically in response, as I understand it, to feedback that the city has received over years from neighbors, uh, as well as feedback that occurred during um, the development review process. 
Um, and I'm, you know, happy to talk more specifically um, about some of the traffic calming uh, measures if uh, that is helpful, obviously. Um, two, the traffic study has been available for a considerable period of time for people to review. Uh, we are happy to, you know, fine tune also as time goes on. Our operating plan, we do as a practical matter, review of it every year. Um, private schools um, do also have a unique ability um, to manage uh, the traffic uh, for parents uh, through their operating agreements or contractual commitments with families, um, which is one of the reasons we, uh, you know, offered the additional condition um, to respond. We uh, do have a very strong good neighbor comment uh, period. I'm sorry if Mr. Shi um, felt like he was unable to uh, reach us. Philip Dolan, who is the head of school and is on site, is always available to meet with neighbors. He would be on this call today, but for a personal emergency. Um, and the sign that we are required to post on site will have a direct line to him and others uh, on campus uh, should there be any ongoing uh, community concerns. And I am happy to, after we get through the traffic issue, to speak to the safety question because I do have a couple of comments on that. Good. And uh, uh, Sean, thank you for that clarification. Before we get to the safety, I just want to make sure that I clarify, I, I get clarification for the clarification on this. Uh, staff uh, requested for some additional uh, conditions of approval to be included so that some of these comments will be addressed. And you have agreed to that. Are you open to further amending so that the traffic calming measures could be made condition of approval, just because it's being asked here how that will be implemented. If, yeah, if if staff would like to better clarify the specific um, traffic calming measures that are identified in the traffic study expressly as conditions of approval, we're certainly happy to agree to that because we already have. It's just, I think, formally transition transferring items that have been previously agreed to in the express conditions of approval, which we are bound by, obviously, um, and, uh, you know, will make good faith efforts to actually comply with. And as Cora indicated, um, you know, there is a mechanism in place if for some reason, uh, it, you know, Stratford is not satisfying the conditions in the future. But yes, um, I would not want to agree to additional additional um, conditions because any of the once street, uh, uh, you know, uh, speed bumps or the like, that is not within our control uh, in the public streets and raises a host of other issues that um, staff would need to opine on. Um, but if you want to convert those uh, specific um, I list of items that are reflective of the money that we've agreed to pay to provide them, we are certainly happy to do that. Oh, thank you. And that's, that's, all I needed for this project to come to here indefinitely is going to uh, thorough planning review. And I see our CEQA staff here who definitely also accepted that before it came to hearing. So uh, it means the traffic report has been accepted. Uh, it's just for clarification Understood. and implementability. Uh, yeah. If you are open to those Absolutely. measures being included, the measures yes. in the traffic study being included, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, um, because they already, uh, we we functionally have agreed to them, and I think we are, are bound by them anyway, because they are in the traffic study, which is part of the approval. Um, and so and, if this project is approved, I would like to see that clearly spelled in your conditions of approval. So, thank you. So now, I, can we go to the measure? Could I just offer w one last um, uh, point on that? Um you know, we we have agreed to, you know, those conditions, um, many of which address issues that exist in the area today that are unrelated to the campus to generally improve traffic conditions with not only within the neighborhood, but also to support our general operations. I would like, you know, just to restate the obvious, which is uh, the, the we are not occupying the campus to its fullest extent, have no intention to do so. Um, and additionally, the transportation demand management plan that we have agreed to does inquire, include an actual trip reduction and target of 11%. When you couple those two things together, as I mentioned before, we are occupying this camp, camp, campus from a trip standpoint 
only at about two thirds of maximum occupancy. Um, and then, and which I think is an important consideration. And we did that in some respects in response to feedback that we had heard from the community um, to uh, not intensify the site. And so we hope that those coupled with the measures that we've provided satisfy um, you know, ongoing concerns. And we are certainly happy to work with any neighbor, including Mr. Shi or others. Um, uh, Cora can provide my contact information to them or we can put them in direct contact with Phil Dolan, head of school. And then if you do want me to address the safety measures at the appropriate time, I'm happy to do that. Sure, thank you. I think uh, the, the, the first issue has been addressed and uh, there is a path forward if you agree to some of the things that we just discussed. Uh, so we can now move on to uh, addressing the safety and security issue. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, uh, happy to. Just uh, let me put things in context. Um, this is a 40 plus acre, uh, you know, large uh, public high school site that has been closed for many years. Um, we are one of many occupants of the larger property. We occupy the main campus, which is approximately 12 uh, acres. It is gated, uh, like most schools, public and private are. We have joint use rights with respect to the parking lot. Um, it is available to the public and to other uses at the school um, on a 24-7 basis. In fact, um, the school district, which owns the site and that we lease it from on a long-term basis, makes uh, the public fields available uh, to the public through a reservation use and then a reservation basis, including the school. Um, the parking lots themselves actually have solar uh, panels as well as EV charging stations that are available to the public that the school district has implemented. We are able to um, fully control our 12 acres and then work in coordination with the school district to maintain security during our operational hours outside of those 12 acres, especially in the parking lot as we are using them. I think, and it's unfortunate that Kathy experienced the situation that she had. My expectation is that it probably occurred outside of our operating hours and outside of our immediate campus. Um, we certainly are happy to work with the school district and the community to address ways that the larger campus outside of the area that we manage um, might be better controlled. As it relates to cameras though, we and every one of our campuses, and this one is no different, have internal cameras in public areas as well as external cameras for that purpose um, to ensure that we are properly secured. We also, during our operating hours, have security officers on site. Um, who are able to respond to situations both inside the campus as well as outside the campus for this kind of thing, as well as traffic management. Um, and so if there are particular issues with respect to the campus outside of those 12 acres, um, like the situation that she mentioned that might require police activity, although that is very unfortunate, we want to be part of the solution and figuring out how to address that, even though it may be outside of our immediate campus um, application. Thank you, Sean. Does staff have any additional uh, information that they would like to provide? No, no further information at this time. Okay, so I do see that we do have our principal planner for CEQA here and also Kara Hawkins. Can one of you speak to the CEQA clearance and uh, the discrepancy, how it can be addressed or how what was reviewed and, you know, uh, we ended up with a different recommendation. Hi, hearing officer. This was Kara Hawkins, the sequel planner for the project. Um, morning, yes, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, good morning. I just wanted to clarify that um, a negative declaration was prepared for this project. Um, so there was a discrepancy on the um, the agenda. Um, and basically, for those in attendance, a negative declaration means that a full um, initial study was prepared and it was found that there were no impacts that needed to be mitigated. Um, therefore, there are no um, environmental conditions or mitigation measures um, in this particular project uh, because there are no significant impacts. Um, I will go ahead and let David Keon, principal planner, speak as to the uh, discrepancy and how that can be addressed. 
Thank you for confirming that an initial study uh, NERVDEC was uh, prepared to the satisfaction of staff. And David, uh, maybe yeah. when you address that, you could also make the request for the uh, correction. Good morning, Robert Manford, David Keon, Principal Planner morning, um, with the Environmental Review Team. So, um, yeah, as Kara stated, an initial study mitigating negative declaration was prepared for the project, um, and that was circulated for public review. It is available on the website, um, including supporting documents. This includes the transportation analysis and local transportation analysis. Um, that also includes non-sequa, non, who's the, um, tra transportation issues not addressed under the California Environmental Quality Act, um, such as um, loading and unloading. And so all that is available um, on the um, city's internet site. Um, there was a discrepancy. Um, we circulated for public review um, and notified all interested parties at the known at the time based on the community meeting um, attendance list and based upon the standard list that we have of people that are interested in receiving these documents. Those were notified. Um, we did receive three comments, um, including two from public agencies, and those have been responded to. So, you know, but just to clarify that, you know, there was a mistake. Um, the agenda that was published showed an exemption. Um, for the record, it is a mitigated negative declaration, and you know, that is the appropriate sequel clearance. And just on behalf of the applicant, I might also add that the staff report reflects all of that good information formally. Um, and I believe that the public notices that went out in the comments that you noted that were received it as well. Thank you, Sean. And thank you, David. Uh, the, uh, the correction has been noted and is included as part of the record. And uh, I would note that as part of the request from staff as well. So again, does staff want to add anything else? I think most of the issues have been uh, clarified. And uh, Coronel, uh, the public. Uh, no further comments. Thank you. That's all I needed to know. So uh, I think I do have uh, enough information to uh, address this and also make a decision on it. So uh, the clearly the issues that have been raised by the uh, community members have been addressed uh, with regards to safety, traffic calming, and all that. Uh, this is not a project that is increasing or making changes to physical structures and all that. It's just increasing uh, the number of uh, students uh, and there is enough capacity to do that. Uh -huh. On that note, uh, based on the correction that's uh, staff has also made in the request. Uh, I will go ahead and uh, adapt the mitigated negative declaration and then also approve the special use permit on condition that the traffic measures, the measures clearly spelled in the traffic report are incorporated as part of the conditions of approval in addition to the contribution that has been made. So thank you support staff for showing that. And again, item number 3BSP 23-002 and ER 22-290 is hereby approved with the corrections regarding sequence and the conditions of approval. So move on to the one item that we did have on the public hearing. And this is item number 4A, TR23-315. This is a live tree removal permit for the removal of one ordnance size coast redwood tree, approximately 158 inches in circumference at a single family residential property located at 1476 Cherry Avenue within the city's council district six. Staff recommends consideration of the exemption in accordance with CEQA and approval of a live tree removal permit. The project manager listed here is Jason Lee, and I see Jason, you are here. Can you provide a brief report of the project and what is being 
Yes. Good morning, hearing officer. My name is Jason Lee, project manager for this file, uh, TR-23-315. Good um, morning. Good morning. So this project, as you can see, is a tree removal permit to remove an ordinance-sized redwood tree at a single-family residence currently under construction at 1476 Cherry Avenue. A building permit for the single-family house was issued on October 25th, 2023, with a condition that a live tree removal permit would be required for removal of any ordinance-sized tree. Uh, this tree removal was originally notified on November 3rd, 2023, and a timely request for public hearing was received on November 13th, 2023. The suitability of retaining the tree in question was evaluated by a certified arborist, Corey Majewski of Urban Tree Management, and the report from this evaluation was used to determine if the subject tree meets the city's findings for removal. The arborist report states that there will be major impacts to the tree's critical root zone due to the construction of the house and that the use of heavy machinery for trenching, grading, and other construction activity will result in significant root loss as well as soil compaction leading to reduced gas exchange, water infiltration, and damage to roots. The subject tree has a circumference of approximately 158 inches or a diameter breast height of approximately 50 inches and is approximately approximately six and a half feet from the foundation of the new house. The Arborist report states that any construction within six times the diameter breast height of a tree, or approximately 25 feet in this case, leads to serious and irreparable loss of or damage to roots, which is likely to result in the death of the tree, and that the tree will experience extreme stress at minimum, which can lead to instability, limb drop, or whole tree failure. Due to the width of the lot, the required front and side setbacks, including a driveway to the rear, uh, the garage in the rear, the allowed size of the house, and the location of the tree, the house in the approved building permit is located within an area where construction of the house is most feasible and best matches the neighborhood character, and the house is configured in a manner that allows for the reasonable economic development of the property. Because of the impacts of the expected root damage and stress to the tree, it can be found that the location of the tree with respect to an with a proposed improvement, namely the new single family house, um, findings for removal of this tree can be made under the city's municipal code. Uh, the project is exempt pursuant to section 15301H of the state guidelines for implementation of the California Environmental Quality Act for existing facilities. Staff recommends that the director consider the exemption and approve the live tree removal permit. Thank you. Um, and the applicant is here. Um, well, the applicant's representative is Craig Rogers, and he is present. Thank you, Jason. And so if the applicant is present, uh, who? It's the one with the phone number and iPhone. Okay, so if they would like to speak, support staff, can you please unmute them so we could hear from the applicant? Okay, you are unmuted. Yes, Craig Rogers, uh, general contractor and co-owner of the property. Um, as Jason was stating, the tree will okay. be, good morning, damaged due to the construction of this house. The tree is also, as we go up with our structure, going to impact our roof to a... Um, porch outside the house and uh, the back of the house as we go up. So um, the tree will be in the, the way of our roofs as well, rafters. Um, we propose, and I told Jason this, that we would plant some additional trees on the property if so desired by uh, the planning department. So pretty much that's all I have to say. Thank you, Craig. Uh Support staff, uh, are there any commenting parties from the audience who would like to speak? And if so, can you unmute them? Yes, uh, we have Carolyn Cox. Carolyn, go ahead and unmute your device. Hi, yes. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we yes, can. Yes, we can. Okay, excellent. So I live in proximity to the site and the tree. And I'm just concerned that why do we have a tree law if people can just go ahead and request that they get removed? There's plenty of opportunity for the construction footprint to be factored into the tree. It's approximately a hundred foot 
redwood that has probably been around for 50, 60 plus years. And it's really not in the building footprint because the building footprint is already poured and it was, and it's a slab on grade, which is approximately two feet down. They did not have to do piers and things like that, where it would have really impacted the root structure. And it just seems really unnecessary for a 50 plus year old tree with 158 inch circumference, beautiful redwood to be removed. And again, I just, it seems gratuitous that we have to remove a, a, a tree and we couldn't have factored in that to the house format in order to accommodate keeping this beautiful tree on the lot. That's all I have. Thank you, Caroline. Suppose staff aid, seems there are a few more speakers. Can you unmute and call them one by one? Okay. Um... I see Dave Kaplow had raised his hand. I don't know if you, did you still want to speak, Dave? You are muted. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you for having uh, allowing me to do this. So my complaint is that the city of San Jose is not protecting large trees because of a flaw in the development permit process for new construction. And specifically, um, the, the building permit process so is a separate process uh, from the tree removal process. And this has happened four times since 2020 where large coastal redwoods like this have been removed. All it takes is for your department to issue, issue a building permit. And then later um, a tree permit is asked for and all it takes is an arborist to come in and say, oh, this new construction will definitely uh, impact this tree, so we must remove the tree. This is over a 70-year-old uh, redwood tree around the corner from me on 1187 Norval Way. Craig Rogers Construction also did the same thing. They uh, built a big house there uh, with an ADU, and I did um, comment uh, to the planning department and arborist department about uh, the removal of this tree and asked to see an arborist report. They sent me the arborist report, which said the exact same words that Jason, uh, planner Jason Lee uh, mentioned, that the new construction would impact this uh, existing tree and it must be removed. That tree was also over 158 inches in circumference. Uh, also, if you look at on uh, Newport Avenue, 1515 Newport, three large coastal redwoods were removed due to new construction. And I don't even know if there was a permit for those. So I'm just saying there's a flaw in the process and that you should include the um, consideration of removing these big trees as part of the planning process because the building uh, plans can be accommodating to that. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I have a quick question for you. Are you a resident in the area? I am. I, I live on Lori Avenue. Thank you. I, I'm in Willow Glen, yes. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate yes. it. Okay. Support staff, if there are any additional speakers, can you please unmute and call them? I do not see any other ones. You do not? Okay. On that note, uh, the public hearing is closed, and I will go ahead and ask staff to respond to some of the comments. But before I do that, I think I will also like to ask a quick question. And this is based on Dave Kaplow's uh, comment. It is clear there is a building permit that has been issued or after a planning permit was issued. And now we have a tree permit. Why did the application not come as one application, the building permit and then the tree permit? And uh, I think I would like the applicant to ask answer that question before I go to staff. Hi, Craig Rogers again to answer your question. I did file the tree removal permit application 
prior to having my building permit. The building permit subsequently got approved before the tree permit. So I did require and fill out the application way ahead of time when I first applied for all permits. Good to know. I'll come back to you. Uh, so Jason, uh, can you also provide any additional information with regards to this? Um, so Craig is correct that the tree removal permit was applied for prior to um, the approval and finaling of the building permit. Um, but the building permit was subsequently issued prior to a decision being made on the tree permit. And um, I may have to defer to uh, Jackie Guerrero, the the um, permit center planner, for more information on this. Yeah, I, I, something seems to be missing here. So uh, if Jackie is here, Jackie, can you please uh, throw more light on the process? and uh, how you coordinated with building departments and you know, our building division regarding. Good, good morning, everyone. Um, good morning, hearing officer. Good morning, so Jackie. I am Jackie Guerrero. I am with the permit center team downstairs. So we do zoning conformance review as part of the planning department's review for building permits. So when this project initially um, got reviewed, I asked the applicant the question if any trees were gonna be removed. Um, that's a typical question we ask for any development happening on the lots because there was no trees identified at the time to be removed. Um, the applicant came back to me and told me that, actually, yes, there is a tree to be removed. So he filed for the tree removal application. When staff receives the application, we determined whether that tree will be unsuitable, live, um, dead, or if any more information is needed. When I reviewed the application based on the information provided, um, it was determined that the applicant needed a live tree removal permit. At the time when the site plan was submitted to me, the tree was nowhere near the footprint of the construction taking place. So as a condition of approval for his building permit, I said, you're allowed to have your building permit since the tree is not gonna be um, impacted with the additions taking place on site. Um, you cannot take out the tree until you have your tree removal permit issued. Um, so that was the decision made at that time. Okay, thank you. Jason, any additional information on that? Um, so not not really. So basically, yeah, so I mean, as Jackie said, she gave uh, conditional approval um, for the building permit with the tree um, located on the on the plan set in a different location than than um the tree was um so um and then um so the uh, so one application showed a different location uh, the applicant filed the tree removal permit first before the building permit and then the building permit was issued but then there were discrepancy between the two plans with regards to the tree's location is that correct that is correct. Yes, okay, and and the ultimate location of the tree was neither um, where where it was located in the building permit or the initial tree removal permit application. Thank you. So I want to come back to the applicant here, and uh, Craig, uh, can you throw more light on this particular discrepancy? Uh, yes, I can. Yes, yes. Um, when this came up with Jason, um, he provided me, asked me to get a civil engineer to certify my setbacks, which we do anyway on a project, and to formally spot the tree and certify where the tree is at in conjunction with my house, which I did do so and provided a civil engineer stamped letter showing the location. 
exactly so there was a mistake in the initial location, correct? Yes, it wasn't quite where it's shown now, but it was in the same vicinity. Okay. So I went ahead. I want, I want to be able to, I mean, uh, when a decision is made on this, I just want that decision to be very, very clear and uh, separated from whether there was an error on the sheet. Or, so the person who prepared the plan sets before showing the initial uh, location, which changed, was the... the I realize you indicate there is a civil engineer. The first one was not prepared by a civil engineer. Is that correct? Or, or was it a licensed uh, professional? Correct. Well, it was spotted by the architect who drew the plans for me. And he did it to his best ability as far as measuring for the foundation and the lot and the setbacks. So when this came up is when I went ahead per Jason's instructions and had the civil engineer go out and spot the tree according to the house setbacks and certify. Okay, good. Thank you. So the correction have been made. And John, I do see that, uh, uh, John, division manager, right? I see that you have raised your hand, but uh, yeah. So go ahead if you have any uh, additional information to provide. Thanks, Chuck. Just given the concern by the community about the Arbor support and the foundation and, and more information, uh, I would wonder if you would entertain a potential to defer the item for about two weeks so that we can reach out either to a third-party consultant and or to our city's arborist to confirm whether or not the foundation doesn't necessarily necessitate the removal of the tree. Um, yeah, that that is a thought. Uh, so I, I think it's something to be really considered. My concern is that did we make any decision based on wrong information? Uh, I also do see Sylvia. Uh, Sylvia, did you have at from the permit center no i do not okay thank you but uh right now we are dealing with the exact location of the tree and uh and so uh the arborist uh report has been reviewed but i also get troubling information from dave Kupler, and i want to make sure that if a decision is made on this it is uh, a strong decision based on uh, staff's independent judgment. So uh, I think what John is recommending makes a lot of sense to me, uh, but even to go further, what I want to do is get expert opinion on the uh, Aboris report so that any findings made pass one to chapter 13.32 of the city's municipal code stands on its own, regardless of the process, number one, and then also the staff to do its due diligence. So on that note, I would like to defer this item on pending a third party review of the arborist report, uh, and then also staff to do uh, additional due diligence in terms of uh, having the city arborists review and concur with the third party review. Uh, I, on, because with that, I don't think that such a mistake will have to be made again. And then I'm getting troubling information from Dave Kaplan. I want to repeat that in the sense that this has been repeated elsewhere. And uh, we, as a city, we have to ensure that our decision making is based on staff's independent judgment. And if there are mistakes in the system, we correct them. So on that note, uh, item number 4A, uh, uh, let me read it out here so that uh, it's official. Item number 4A, TR23-315 is hereby adjourned and uh, pending a third party review of the Arborist report and then also CD Arborist uh, reviewing and comparing on the Conclusion. Hearing officer, clarification, is that deferred two weeks to January 24th? If that is, a pro I would say to be determined, unless John and Sylvia and of course Patrick, you guys think two weeks uh, will be enough for that to be done. But then the third party review should be at the cost of the applicant. Is that an or, like if we get our city arborist and that we may not need a third party uh, review? Um, but it's 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 really about not not the same. The third party review uh, should be done by a different arborist, and then to be reviewed and compared by the uh, approved by the city arborist. 
Okay. Can we get the applicant? They'll concur with the third party arbors and it's at cost to them just so that we get Well, it. if the first, the, yeah, the applicant, if they have something to say, I will entertain that right now. But then if there was a mistake in the initial one, any professional who does this business should have errors and omissions insurance to make okay. sure. Yeah. So uh, if they relied on someone who made a mistake, we need to correct that. Okay. So uh, can we defer for two weeks? And if the, we can't do an analysis, complete that by the end of that week, we may defer the item again from, or be re-noticed. That uh, is fine. Uh, if two weeks is enough, that is fine. And uh, I, I can, I would like to hear from the applicants as well. If two weeks is enough for them to uh, have the third party review done. Yes, I have no problem doing that. I will work closely with Jason as we have um, on this project for the tree. And re regardless of that, um, I just want to say the tree is in the way of the house. But I will. Yes, that is it. Um, yeah, but now that is something that we've seen over here. Uh, but I would like, because of the information that we've received here, uh, I want to make sure that if staff, if the city went ahead and approved this, the decision is independent of any of the information that has been provided, but new information, which will be either confirmed or otherwise. I will work with Jason closely uh, today to start the process on the third party arborist. Thank you. Uh, thanks for uh, agreeing to that. Uh, it helps both what you are doing and then the city, and then it helps your project project as well. So again, on that note, item number four A is hereby deferred for two weeks. And if at that time that has not been, uh, the third party review has not occurred, we can defer it another time. It's appropriate. And I believe support staff has already shown that on the screen. So on that note, again, this concludes the planning director hearing for January 10, 2024. This meeting is hereby adjourned at 10.06 a.m. Thanks all for coming and please be safe out there.